Hey, welcome to another episode of the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where our goal is to bring the Lordship of Jesus to every area of life. And boy, we're going to do that today because how many of you know Jesus is Lord of the mind? And our minds can cause us a lot of problems. In fact, we're going to talk today about the importance of developing godly, biblical, Christ-centered mindsets uh, so that we're not limited, held back in any way, uh, short-circuiting the purposes of God in our lives. And introduce this book, Andrew, because this book's going to kind of be our launch pad for us. And I know uh, you turned turned me on to that book, and it's really excellent. Yeah, it started out by me reading, and as I was a teacher, I read an educational book Mm -hmm. that referred to the growth mindset. I've never heard that before. And uh, in this book, educational book, when it referred to it, it really piqued my interest. It, it really spoke to my heart. So I went to the source and actually looked up this book, um, Mindset by Carol S. Dweck, PhD. And um, this book just really, really hit me hard. Um, some of the struggles I had ever since I was a child and the things I'm still dealing with right now. Yeah. But it has a real practical application to my life now as a pastor, yeah. as a father, And we as want to talk husband. about that because we, you know, yeah. we deal with uh, the challenge of mindsets all the time. I mean, that, this book, by the way, it's not a, a Christian book per se, but she really addresses the challenges of dealing with people's mindsets, whether it's in the uh, academic arena, right. athletics, um, work setting, right. marriage, relationships. I mean, right. our mindsets impact all of our lives. Yeah, and even though this, not, this is not a Christian book per se, uh, I don't know if the author is a Christian or not. She may be. Yeah. Um, and we don't necessarily agree every every point and so forth, right. but but uh, I believe the principles are spiritual. Well worth the read. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well worth the read. And it kind of ties in, you know, if you've been at Living Stones or been listening online to the series that we've been doing, uh, a while back we were doing a series called Moving Forward. And, you know, when you look at the example of the children of Israel, and here Moses is trying to take them out of Egypt under, the, you know, the amazing deliverance power of God Almighty, the miraculous uh, demonstration of His glory takes him out of Egypt, but the challenge he had was really not a tactical problem of just feeding them or watering them. The yeah. challenge he had was an adaptive problem. It was, how do I get these people to actually believe God? Yeah. And how do I get them to change the way that they're thinking because they're thinking like slaves in Egypt? Well, what was the phrase you said? It's easier to get Israelites out of Egypt than to get Egypt out of the Israelites. Absolutely. And I believe that you're referring to the mindset. Yes. It's the power of the mindset. Yes. yes. And in, in one passage, it was actually Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 12, and I'll read it. But it says, as Pharaoh approached, the people looked up and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians were overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Uh, weren't there enough graves in Egypt? And what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? I told you so. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Wow. What, yeah. what a power-packed, pathetic yeah. couple of verses that really highlight mindset. Yeah. You know, and identified, I believe, six mindsets. You know, because we were talking about when you go through life, you know, life is short, and, and to maximize our lives for the glory of God, it's really important that you don't go it alone, as I said, but it's also important that you watch who you run with. Yeah. Because when you surround yourself with people with negative mindsets, that negative mindset, like, comes on you. Yeah. 
And we, we identify some things here. People that are fearful, they're, they're, you know, they, they don't want to try anything. Uh, they don't want to move out. They don't want to grow. They're, they're afraid. Yeah. Uh, those are people you got to watch because fearful people will, will always be pulling you back. We talked about critical people. You know any people like that? <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. Especially you know, on my Facebook friends. <laughs> You know, there are people that no, no matter <laughs> what you say, no matter yeah. what you think, no matter what you're going to try to do, they're always going to tell you why you can't. Or, right. or if you right. talk for a thousand hours, they'll find, you know, the 10 second burst in which they don't agree with you. <laughs> right. you know? So watch critical people, watch cynical people, yeah. people that just have a jaded outlook on yeah. life, you know. Uh, they're always the one that's going to find what's wrong, you know. Yeah. They're going to not ever look for the silver lining in right. any situation. Right. Uh, oh, and this next one's big. The, the victim. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I might even priest on the victim mindset, right? It's yep. the same. It's yep. a similar mindset. The problem is always yeah. outside of you. Yeah. It's never you. It's right. never anything under your control. Yeah. You don't have any control. There's nothing you can do about it. You are being victimized. And then right. the last two, you know, we've got arrogant people. Yeah. Arrogant people are people that you can't teach anything to. They're, they, they're not going to grow. They uh, know everything already. They, they already know it all. Yeah, yeah. They, they've already got all the answers. Right. They already know. We, we, to, we told you this was going to happen. Right. Uh, those are the arrogant people. And then lastly, yeah. and this is something we have to watch, it's people with a stubborn mindset. Uh, they're deeply entrenched. Yeah. Uh, they're not changing. They're not moving. Yep. They're like the, the giant boulder, you know, that you're pushing and pushing and pushing to try to get them to move forward, but they're just stubborn and, you know, not going to do it. Yeah. You know, that, th those are some biblical examples. Right. But we want to talk today about really just breaking it down into two types of mindsets. And again, mindsets are powerful beliefs. They're beliefs that shape the way we live. They're, they're right. filters by which we process things. They're like lids right. that keep us, you know, in our little box and right. of, of perceived safety. And, and I was going to address that. You know, a lot of times we don't even understand the mindset we're in because it's like fish doesn't know they're in water. Right. right? so much a part of it. It's so, such a big part of us. It's our mindset. And sometimes from the outside looking in, I can look at someone. I, I can be like, okay, you're asking me to give you advice to like troubleshoot a couple things in your life. Yeah. Like put a bandaid here, put a bandaid here. But what you really need is you need a whole paradigm shift. Yeah. You need that lid to be broken open. You need a complete renewing of the mind. The Bible talks about, right? yeah. about the renewing of our minds, right? Yes. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed in your mind. So, so in other words, most people are, are born with a mindset that follows the world. And, of course, if we're going to have think like the world... Uh, it's going to be full of unbelief and doubt and all these six plus probably 60 other right. ugly attributes. Right. That's who we are by nature. Um, and so uh, we're talking today about two categories of mindsets, one that is a fixed mindset, the other that's a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Describe for anybody who's listening in today, you know, what is a fixed mindset? How would, how would you describe it? Wow, that? there's many ways, that, many words I want to use to describe the fixed mindset. Basically, the, the fixed mindset is that uh, you're, you're who you are, uh, your talent level, your ability, your skill level cannot really fundamentally be changed. So okay. you, you are who you are. You're fixed. Take it or leave it's it. It's fixed, yeah. It's in concrete. Um, you're, you're ordained a certain amount of talent at birth, and then some people are blessed and some people are not, Yeah, you know? And you find your identity in those fixed attributes and talents. So if you're you're smart 
Or you're not smart. If yeah. you're not smart, it's too bad. I guess I'm just not smart. Yeah. If yeah. I am smart, then I have to maintain my smartness all through life, which is a terrible burden to bear. Absolutely. Or, or I'm good at math. I'm not good at math. Yeah. Um, I'm athletic. I'm not athletic. The idea is yeah. you, you either are something or you're not, and if you aren't, you can't change, and if you are, then that's then, then you can't change that either. Right. That's just who you are. In our culture, we, we label, we talk about just how injustice we label different people. But the, I think the biggest injustice is when we label ourselves. It's even more powerful. That's we, the, when you have a fixed mindset, you label yourself as I am this. Feel for better or for worse. Yeah. But what we learn is for better or for worse, you can label yourself as being stupid. Or you can label yourself as being smart. At the end of the day, both of those are not good things when it's a fixed mindset. Right. Okay. And we're going to discuss why well, yeah. that's the now, case. Com- compare that with a growth mindset. You know, yeah. um, how does a fixed mindset differ from a growth mindset and why is it so important? Well, the growth mindset basically says, I am not the product of simply the, this instrument I've been given at birth, that I can grow, I can change, I can learn. Um, uh, there is improvement. I, if, when I fail, when I make mistakes, simply that simply helps me get to the next level. And we're, our mindset, is, our focus is not on a, a certain attribute, a certain status, but is on movement. That's good. So you you have momentum. You're always growing. You're always growing. So uh, the way I would describe it is, you know, you have uh, two person, two two people with a different talent ability, say in mathematics, and one person has great talent growing up. They just pick up mathematics really easily, you know. But this person has a fixed mindset. So they, they find their identity and they're good at math. They don't embrace challenges and they stay at this level. Whereas someone else who have maybe lower aptitude for math, but they have a growth mindset. They say, hey, I yeah. want to continue to prove I don't care about failures. I'll keep growing, growing, growing. As they keep progressing through life, in in short amount of time, the growth mindset is going to way go surpass the, the fixed mindset person because at the end of the day, your growth process will, will, will go past your talent level any day. And that's what people need to understand. So people with a growth mindset, and that's important, you know, you love new challenges. You love to learn. Yeah. Um, you don't view a failure as a defining moment in your life, like, oh, I failed, therefore I am whatever. Yeah. You, you, you view those moments as opportunities to change, to learn something new, to do it differently. Yeah. And, you know, this, this whole idea perfectly lines in with scripture you know the bible says if any man in christ uh behold all things are new you become a new creation the old is passed away something is new in other words the labels that you had or the experiences that you had that marked you when you were younger or that marked you as a non-believer you're not fixed in stone to where you know you cannot change and we see this in church all the time you know a lot of times people have an issue in their life that that's stubborn or resistant and they feel like well i'm just uh, whatever. I'm just a drug addict. I'm just an alcoholic. I'm just a selfish person. What, you know, that's just who I am. Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, we have the power in Christ Jesus, in the Holy Spirit, in a new created heart. We have the ability to change what's going on up here and then to change the way we actually live. So we, you know, the church should be full of the most growth oriented, excited People that love challenge, people who love change, that should be the culture of the kingdom and the culture of the local church. And unfortunately, many times it's not. It's just the opposite. Yeah, and because we don't talk about the mindset as much. You know, I think about God's an infinite God. 
I mean, even when we when we enter into the kingdom of God's fullness when Christ returns, we will continue to grow. We talk about that. We'll yeah. continue to grow, continue to learn. In fact, throughout eternity. Mm-hmm. Throughout yeah. eternity, because God's infinite. Yeah. So we have to have the growth mindset, right? To catch up with that growing and learning. Might Absolutely. as well adopt it now while we're still Absolutely. living in this world. Now, now she gives a great illustration in this book, and I know you come from an educational background, you can you can relate. But they took a whole group of seventh graders and they intentionally set them up on, on an exam to fail. So the, they're in a new course, new experience, take a test, and the first results come back, they're not good. Well, what they found out was that students with a fixed mindset mm-hmm. radically differed from students with a growth mindset. In fact, you know, the growth mindset students, when they saw that their test scores came back poorly, this is what they did. They said, well, I need to study harder. Mm-hmm. I need to prepare better. I need to go to my teacher, maybe get some help. Maybe I need some tutoring. Um, I need some outside input, but I can and I will do better on the next exam. Compare that with the fixed mindset students. In other words, so the growth mindset students studied more. What happened to the fixed mindset students? Well, the fixed mindset said, hey, I because of this test, this one test I took, I'm obviously not good at this subject. And that's the fixed mindset speaking, right? Yeah, I'm not good at it. And they end up studying less. They rationalize and say the teacher is terrible. They say stuff like, I don't really care about the subject anyway. And they got worse and worse and worse and worse grades. So that was all the different. They're all seventh graders, yeah. same class, yep. same experience. But this gives us an, a highlight of how powerful our minds are in interpreting data right. and, and, and then determining how we approach everything else. You know, In Absolutely. fact, the other thing that I love from this book was she talked about, and you can probably relate to this coming mm-hmm. in. When you came to America, you, your English wasn't the greatest. Well, I didn't speak any English. You, okay, so I can't, I can't <laughs> imagine this. So you come to America, you don't speak any English. Yeah. How old were you? Eight. Eight years old. You're thrown into a public school classroom. Yeah. You, how do you even communicate? I mean, this had to be incredibly uh, traumatic. It, yeah. It, okay. And it was special. Some kids thrive in that environment. I have a fixed mindset growing up. That was kind of my personality, and I, I, it, it destroyed me. I hated it. So, so you're like yeah. this girl that was in the book. Okay, yeah. so, so she comes in just like you. Yeah. She takes an entrance exam to yeah. determine which group she's going to be in. Well, yeah. she doesn't hardly know the language, yeah. and and so they put her in the in the main class instead of in this group called the Eagles. You know, the mm-hmm. Eagles were the ones that soar. Elites. Yeah. yeah, they're the elite. Yeah. They're the, they're the ones that did really great on the exam. But this girl was an eagle. She was an eagle by identity. She just had one bad, one bad score. Yeah. But the reason was, again, she's trying to learn the language. She's trying to adapt. So many things going on. Well, as time progressed, this girl's catching on, and she quickly became an eagle. The teachers realized, hey, you're able to do this work. They moved her from the normal class into the eagle class. Yeah. But it's interesting because what she shared was that in her mind, she never felt like an eagle. Mm-hmm. In her mind, she still did not belong. In her mind, that one act of failure defined her. In fact, what the author says, which I thought was so good, is she said, for fixed mindset people, failure is transformed. I'm sorry, for growth mindset people, failure is transformed from an action. Mm -hmm. I I failed. I didn't do as well. uh, Into an identity. I am a failure. Mm Uh, that's what that's what fixed mindset people do. I I failed here, therefore I am a failure. That's not how growth mindset people. No, think. and and let's stick on fixed mindset real quick because I, I 
you and I talked about, we, we believe most people we know, myself included, growing up had a fixed mindset. It wasn't until I was like 39 years old and I read this book and a couple other books that really right, opened up my mind to that. You. So I just want, I mean, for me, that's almost exactly the case I had. You know, I remember I was in seventh grade and all most of the kids who were taking honor classes were taking the foreign language in their eighth grade. So I was looking forward to taking a foreign language, even though I didn't care for foreign language. I just wanted to be outside of my learning language yeah. space. I just wanted to catch up, catch up. And I met my guidance counselor, and she's like, you need to take reading for another year. In other words, you can't take a foreign language until you go to high school. And I just start bawling. I mean, in the middle of that, in the guidance counselor's office, I mean, she was shocked. She's like, what is wrong with you? I mean, she couldn't handle right. it. She didn't know what was going on. Well, I mean... She was just doing her job, but she didn't realize how much I stir up the, the, the desire that my longing to catch up, the longing to not Talk be about a that, loser. Because you, you come in, you're automatically feeling like you're behind. Because I'm behind. I mean, and, and for those of us watching, can you imagine if somebody just transplanted you right now, stuck you in a foreign country, and your job, first of all, is to try to figure out how to communicate, let alone know how to do math or reading or whatever. So you're feeling... From the from the moment you went to school, I'm behind, I'm yeah. behind, I'm behind. That became my identity. I was a loser. I was behind. I didn't get along with people. People made fun of me. I, I didn't know what the culture, just whatever. The point is, I, that became my identity. So when behind. she said, no, you're not ready yet, right. that was so emotionally. It was so traumatizing for me. I just started bawling. I, I remember that moment. I started bawling in the middle of, of the office. Now, fast forward to high school. In high school, I did very well academically. I was... Number three in my class, I got a full ride scholarship to college and like, you know, went whatever. I went to a good school, studied, got my degree, whatever. Senior year, I was struggling with some emotional issues, relational issues and whatnot. And I was praying. I was like, what's going on? Why do I feel so stuck? And the Lord told me, that's because your identity is stuck back in whatever, fourth grade or fifth grade, whatever it was, which you still feel like you're a loser trying to catch up. So that incidence took root in my heart and became my identity. Right. And that identity plagued me. Didn't matter what I was doing academically later. It did not matter one right. so second. So here, you, made, you did catch up. In fact, you, you became should, a very good student. Yeah, I became a very good student. Didn't and yet matter. you still felt like nope, you were a loser. Because when that's this. your identity, right. when you have identity of a loser, of someone who's behind, you could, I told you, you could be the richest person in the world, the most successful person in the world. All that's to cover up your identity. Yeah. Your, that's still your identity. And now, that's now let's talk about identity. the flip side of that. Yeah. Because, because okay, so you, you've got the kids who, you know, they take the first exam or they're embarrassed at school and they're like, I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. So instead of working hard to overcome that image that mm -hmm. they have, you know, because everybody can learn, it can grow, you can become better. Yeah. They just decide, okay, I have to, I have to validate I'm stupid, so I'm not even going to try because I don't want to do anything that would make me look foolish. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's yeah. the, the 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 tough side of that. The other side is you've got kids that are naturally gifted, mm -hmm. naturally talented, naturally good looking, naturally athletic, yeah. and so what does our what does our society do as parents and as teachers and and people in the community? We say, oh, Andrew. You are so smart. Right, right. You know, we go to this person. Oh, you are such an amazing athlete. Oh, you are so talented. And so they start, again, developing their worth around that label. How does it work the other way? So, like, if you're, if you're, the, you're the genius, you're right. always the smartest right. one in the room. Right. And all of a sudden, you don't do well. Right. How does that create a crisis? So I'm laughing is because somehow I... Got both of those in me. <laughs> I, I dealt with both of those issues, right? So even though when I first came to the United States, I felt behind language and history and all these different things. 
because I studied math in Taiwan and, and they were higher or more advanced than right. math. When I came to the United States, I mean, so I was, was way more easy advanced. For you. It was easy for me. And I latched because I, I felt so insecure in other areas. I latched on to the identity. I'm at least good at math. Right. I'm at least good at math. So that became my identity that I was good at math. The problem with that, like you said, was whenever anything challenged that identity, whenever I hit a math problem I couldn't do, instead of pushing forward, it challenged not just my math skills, it challenged my math, my identity, my the, security, the, the my one heart, area that you were secure That I was in. so protective of. Yeah. So what happened was that I shied away from anything that could truly challenge me. I did not push myself. I did not uh, stretch myself because the pain of being exposed as a phony was so strong I couldn't handle it. So I didn't really push myself. So what happened actually was in college, so, you know, in high school, I was with a crowd, different crowd in college. Now I'm with some of the best students in the country. I remember going to my uh, freshman class, uh, f freshman dorm, and uh, I had a scholarship, so I thought I was one of the better students. Every single person in my dorm, no joke, every person on my floor was a valedictorian in their class. And I didn't go to Harvard or Yale. I went to University of Richmond, which is a good school, but right. I was just like, right. what is going on here? I felt so insecure. I felt all these different things. It's like People, on the sports level. Just yeah, to, yeah. You know, my dad was a tremendous athlete. Yeah. He got a full ride to a Division One program. Yeah. He was all-state football in high school. He goes off to this D1 program. Everybody on the team was all-state. Yeah. And also, so again, all of a sudden, right. you're used to being the best. Yeah. And now you're just normal. You're right. like you're like everybody is who you are. Right. And now right. you go through the whole crisis again right. because now you have to validate your worth and you got to figure oh, out who goodness. you are. It's like an identity crisis. And I couldn't handle the pressure. I I hit my first. I remember taking uh, I took calculus and I took uh, differential. No, I took multivariate calculus. I remember sitting there and sitting next to me, some of my my best friends in college who are now PhDs in physics and math. I mean, they are truly math savants, okay? They know their stuff, and they're just, like, killing it. I'm just feeling like the biggest loser in the world because, and you know what? I didn't push and challenge myself because I was so busy fighting my insecurity right. instead of actually sitting there and saying, I want to learn this. So you're you're looking for validation. Yeah. That you're this, you're this, I'm looking for this. validation from the professor instead of teaching me something, yeah. right? Yeah. And that is where you self-sabotage. When when the security in being smart, your, 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 your growth, your fixed mindset and being smart actually ends up hindering you and keeping you from advancing and growing, you know? Absolutely. I wanted to share something in this book that, that we both thought was just so good. You know, as parents, you, you want to speak life to your kids, right? I yeah. mean, you don't want to tell your kid you're this and it's negative because bad labels can destroy somebody. Yeah. But I also, as this author points out, good labels also destroy people. Yeah. Uh, when you base somebody's identity on you're smart, you're beautiful, well, what happens when they run into somebody who's more beautiful? Yeah. Or what happens if they get disfigured in some way yeah. uh, physically uh, yeah. and they're not beautiful as they were any right. longer? Um, these are traumatic kinds of things. And so he tells a great story in here mm -hmm. of, a, of a young girl who uh, is training for a gymnastics competition. She's really good and she's a quick learner and she has her first gymnastics meet. And she doesn't do so well. In fact, it's very disappointing. She comes away with no ribbons. Yep. And he says, these are options. And I, I just want to read the options, and then I want you to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. uh, the gal's name is Elizabeth, all right? So what does dad say to Elizabeth? Uh, how do we as parents you know, con console our kids when they've had a moment that could be deemed as a failure? Yeah. Number one, tell Elizabeth that you thought she was the best, okay? I know, honey, you didn't win any ribbons, but I want you to know 
I think you're the best. Option number two, tell her she got robbed. It was the bad judges. They, right. She rightfully deserved right. the you're ribbon. You're a victim. You're victimized. She's a victim. You got robbed. Yeah. It's out of right. your control. It's horrible judges, yeah. Reassure her that gymnastics meets are not that important. In other yeah. words, downplay the failure. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Who cares about gymnastics right. anyway? Right. Point number Sour four. Grapes. Option number four. Yeah. Tell her she has the ability and that she's absolutely, surely going to win next time. Right. Set her up for bigger disappointment <laughs> next time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or lastly, number five. Tell her she didn't deserve to win. And when we look at our culture today, yeah. I think option five, you didn't deserve to win, yeah. is an option that nobody or hardly few parents would even think about choosing. And yet, tell us, yeah. why does that really help her the most uh, as a growing person? Yeah, it seems callous and harsh. And, and, and we and, don't want to say it like, no, you didn't deserve it. I think the author said, like, don't say it like that. But she, she said, I, I think this is a real life case. She yeah. said the father actually said to the daughter and said, hey, 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 baby, you know, like, look, the, the bottom line is you're good, but you weren't as good as these other girls. But if this is really important for you, yeah. that's training even harder. Yeah. You know, so you set realistic and he expectations. Also said, look, if you don't want to be in competitions yeah. and you just want to enjoy gymnastics, then we don't have to do this. You know, in other words, your identity isn't as a world-class right. Olympic gymnast. I'm not putting this on pressure on yeah, you, yeah. right? Right. What do you want to do? But right. if but if you want to go right. and you want to win ribbons, you're going to have to work harder. Right. And and but you can, and I believe in you. Yeah. You can do it. Right. But but it's going to take some practice, and you're going to have to work a lot harder. Yeah. Give them a dose of reality and saying work. Basically, what the father setting example for this daughter is. Yeah, you can do it, but you need to put in the work. You actually need so to grow. So you have the power. Right. And let's embrace this as an opportunity. This isn't yeah. a failure. Right. Uh, this is an opportunity to grow. Right. And you can learn some things from some of the other gals. You can practice your routines more. There's stuff that you can do right. to really learn this. But yes, you have the ability to right. do it if you want to do it. Absolutely. And, and that empowers people. You know, if you play the victim card, okay. Yeah. You're, no. There's always going to be bad judges out there, right. and shame on the judges. Right. But then you're a victim because there's nothing you can do to change the judges' mind because they're bad anyway. Then, exactly. then that, that actually uh, depowers her. That gives her no motivation to even try, right? But this, but this, this father one. turned it into a positive experience yeah. that said, hey, this was your first meet. It's not your last meet. Yeah. There'll be more meets. Right. This is your first, uh, you know, results, but they're not your final results. Yep. You can grow. Yeah. And you know that encourages people to become all that they can be. It's that growth mindset again that says I'm not defined by this failure. And in fact, another point I loved in the book was um, uh, the the uh, selection process that NASA goes through. You know, if you could imagine, like when little kids say, "Daddy, I want to be an astronaut." <laughs> I mean, it's hard enough when yeah. your kid says, "Dad, I want to play pro sports." We know that yeah. we know that the that gets the higher you go, the more narrow that is. And and it's like saying, "I want to be president." Well, guess what? There's only one of those. Yeah. So you know, you know, we don't shoot our kids' dreams down. But the reality is, when a kid says, "I'd like to be an astronaut," we know that is a that's a narrow pool. Yeah. We also know that these people have to be like your friends really good at math yep they got to be very bright they got to be in good shape yep. they got to have a certain mentality yep. they got to have a certain personality i mean th this is the cream of the crop right and many times you know they were saying at nasa when they when they get these applications these applications are impeccable yeah, top they, they, of the top. top they've gone been to the best schools yep 
best test scores. Yep. I mean, best, 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 best. But interestingly enough, they're not picking, they're not looking anymore for the best resume because they've got stacks of those. Yeah. They're looking, surprisingly enough, for people who have been through a significant setback or failure and who have overcome that hmm. failure. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting. So, yeah. so it's not so much about you're the perfect person who's never had any flaws and you're the best at everything. Uh, those people do not do well under pressure. Because, and here's why. Because when they're faced with something that attacks the fundamental identity that they've developed of being the perfect person, I'm the astronaut, uh, when some, when that gets challenged, they don't do well. They melt down. They don't handle the crisis because it's it's actually a threat to who they are, as a, as an individual. Whereas someone that's encountered challenge, encountered obstacles, emotionally and mentally, their mindset is so much more fit to not only survive that setback but to go on and thrive and learn from. Yeah, it. I'm thinking, you know, you're an astronaut. You're in space. You're in a space shuttle or orbiting around the world. Like when something messes up or a computer program doesn't work or life support is going down, you don't want someone panicking. You want someone who <laughs> oh, sees no, it. I'm a bad astronaut. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna die. You know, start. Well, I you, told them this was gonna yeah, happen. Then you are because it's just you up there in space. No one's coming there to save you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta troubleshoot. You gotta solve the issue. You gotta. Yeah figure this thing out and that mentality I, I believe is so important you know and but going back to your, your hey we hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far but as Andrew and I started getting into this uh, there was so much good content yeah. that came forward we decided to, to cut this in half uh, so we're going to pause right here uh, but we want to encourage you to come back next week because we really talk about a lot of important things we talk about parenting uh, we talk about marriage uh, we talk about work, the marketplace. Yeah, how the growth mindset affects all those arenas. And know? we talk about ministry. Yeah. Because in the local church, we see every week uh, the difference that a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, the impact that has on our ability to succeed in, in a variety of yeah. variety How growth problems. mindset helps you love people. Yes, yes. So, yeah, so hey, there's a lot of good stuff coming next week, but we sure hope you've enjoyed this week and what would you say by way of uh maybe something practical people can do uh to apply it for this week i would say hey think on your own what areas of your life do you say that's not me to kind of consider the those arenas that's good yeah. that's not me that's those not are me. those are uh, christian cuss words uh that's mm -hmm. not me that's fixed thinking and we want to make sure we yeah. stay away from that so hey have a great week and really begin to do an inventory because we're going to pick this up next week drive into more depth uh, as we apply it to various areas of our lives. But be aware of the areas where you have grown rigid and where you've kind of put yourself in a box and maybe where some of this fixed mindset thinking has come in. Also do an inventory of some areas where you're growing, uh, where you're stretching yourself, where you're uh, embracing new challenges. Uh, and I think you'll have some fun just being aware uh, of these things, you know, cropping up in our lives. So until we meet again okay. next week, See you next have week. a great week.